Live from the Merck Park, USA, I'm Tavis Smiley, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me back in stride again. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. All of our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, everything at KBLA 1580. Let me also invite you right now to download our app at KBLA 1580 and listen to us live anywhere in the world, but only if you download the app right now at KBLA 1580. Should you miss us any day in real time, check out the podcast of our program by going to the app, the website, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, so many places to get the podcast of this program and listen at your leisure should you miss us any day in real time. But I am delighted to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. You can also watch uh, the live stream of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. And let me also invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap for you today in our second hour unarmed black person in the wrong place at the wrong time. Black person ends up seriously wounded or dead, usually at the hands of a white person. Black community and the nation get outraged. Black community protest. Culprit may or may not be held accountable. Story dies down. Repeat incident happens days or weeks later. Can the cyclical occurrence be interrupted or arrested? We will talk with sociologist Dr. Andrea S. Boyles in hour two. In our third hour, the connection between black literature and black resistance, how reading and writing can empower us to affect change and better understand the world that we inhabit, especially at a time such as this when young readers are being denied access to certain texts. Patrick M. Oliver, the founder and CEO of Say It Loud, Readers and Writers, joins us today in hour three. But let's commence our program today talking politics with our regular contributor, Ruben Navarrete Jr., host of the very popular podcast, Ruben in the Center, and the most widely read Latino columnist in the nation, courtesy of his Washington Post syndicate column, Ruben Navarrete Jr. Welcome back, my friend. How are you, sir? My brother, always great to be with you. Thank you. It's good to have you on. Um, let me start with this. What else is there to start with? It's the news of the day. Um, this Fox News Dominion lawsuit settlement. Um, I think many of us expected. Let me back up. I uh, certainly thought that earlier on Fox would have settled this case. And when we got to yesterday, um, particularly after today, what's today, Wednesday? So Monday, um, the judge stayed the start of the trial to give the sides both times uh, give both sides rather the time to talk about a settlement not unusual in cases like these the judge would prefer that the sides reach a settlement rather than drag this through uh, the system and so the judge halts the case on monday ask both sides to meet once again to see if they can come to a settlement that doesn't happen so on tuesday the trial is set to begin here we go and then all of a sudden out of nowhere we hear breaking news uh, that a settlement has been reached to the tune of $787 million. Fox settles this case for all the obvious reasons. I was just so surprised that it got this close to um, to the to the start line. That's my read of it. How did you read the settlement yesterday? So four things came to mind. Okay, okay. brother. <laughs> first of all, first of all, uh, I would like to have seen this play out. I think a lot of people agree with that. I wanted to see the whole thing go. I wanted to see it go to trial. I wanted to see or hear reports uh, of the top stars at Fox having to take the stand, 
I wanted to see Rupert Murdoch take the stand. Mm-hmm. So I wanted all that. All the stuff that Fox wanted to avoid, I wanted, I wanted to see. The second thing is, that number, while it seems staggering, $787 uh, billion. Dollars, million dollars. Million, 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 million. Million dollars. Yeah. Million dollars. Million dollars. It should have been higher. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I just looked this up, and, and you know this figure as well. Fox News reports revenue of $4 billion a, a quarter. Mm-hmm. That's a billion dollars a month. <laughs> so they are going to earn this out in about three weeks. <laughs> now, I'm happy for Dominion because it's a big check. <laughs> I'm happy for Dominion. It's a big check. And I'm happy for the Dominion lawyers because they get a third of that big check. Okay? But in the scheme of things, you can see why Fox News wanted this resolved because they're going to make this back in three weeks. So I would like to have seen the payout to be a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third thing is I would like to have seen a likewise rush to disclose the settlement amount in an earlier case. You remember that CNN was sued by was, – was threatened with a lawsuit by Nick Sandman mm-hmm. for that incident in front of the Lincoln Memorial – where he was photographed, this this white kid yeah. with a mag hat and a smirk on his face, a smart little smirk, right? I wrote about it. Other people wrote about it. I, I got the wrong impression, and people painted him as a racist, and he threatened to sue CNN. CNN gave him a payout along with other media companies, but those numbers were sealed. We don't know what those numbers were, mm-hmm. right? So we can't cite today on this show, well, it was a $500 uh, million settlement or whatever. So I'd like to see disclosure all the way around and be fair about it. The last thing is this, and this really is a tribute to the Tavis Smiley show, okay? Hmm. Because you and I spoke on this show at length about Joe Biden's uh, policy with regard to Haitian immigrants, to keep out Haitian immigrants. Mm-hmm. But when I tuned into NPR a couple days later, NPR, your former employer, my former employer, you as a host, me as a contributor, uh, NPR told that story completely differently, brother. Hmm. They talked about how Joe Biden and the administration had worked out a deal whereby they would let in a certain number of Haitians, mm-hmm. a certain number of Cubans, Venezuelans, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't mention the cap. And I thought about it. I went back. I listened to it. I said, wait a minute. This is a lie by omission. Mm-hmm. You see, a lie is what, what they were doing over at Fox News. And they got caught and good for them that they got caught. But let's not kid yourself. If you consume white mainstream liberal media, you're also being lied to. Mm. The difference is, in those cases, you're being lied to about facts that make Democrats like Joe Biden look bad. But lucky you, if you tuned into the Tavis Smiley show the day before, you got to hear Ruben Navarrete and Tavis Smiley together again talking about the truth of the issue. Mm. So I say, okay, what's making me a little nervous today is all the folks in the liberal media pointing the finger at Fox saying, oh my God, they lied, clutch the pearls. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> Those of us who consume media know that y'all lie too. You all lie about black folks and brown folks. Y'all lie to protect white liberals when they're screwing black folks and brown folks. And we have the receipts. Mm. Um, he's on fire. <laughs> and, and we're just getting started. I'm only 12 minutes in. Uh, I, I, I hate to interrupt him, uh, and so I, I, I hold my peace to let him uh, lay his foundation. Those are four interesting uh, points. Uh, and I want to interrogate every one of them as we come forward and talk about this Fox News settlement. It is the talk of the nation today. Uh, you hear his point. $787 million is a lot of money. Uh, you got to be happy for Dominion in this case. But for Fox News, uh, for the parent company, for Rupert, Mur- Mur- Rupert Murdoch, it's still a lot of cash. There's no way to deny that $787 million is a lot of cash. It's a lot, it's a lot of money, no doubt about that. Uh, but in some ways, for them, it is a drop in the bucket. There are any number of questions to ask in this hour, as we will when we come forward. 
about whether or not Ruben thinks this actually makes a difference. I posed this question a couple of days ago to one of our guests. Uh, do you think that however this thing ends, it will make a difference? Uh, and by that, I mean make a difference in the numbers of persons who watch Fox News, uh, those who care about Fox News, I suspect really don't care about this ordeal, this settlement. Uh, again, a great deal more to interrogate about that. And then there are a bunch of other things I want to get to in this hour as well. That's not the only news today, but it certainly is the trending topic, uh, certainly um, across the nation today, this Fox News settlement yesterday with Dominion. We'll get back to this conversation uh, and discuss a few more things. Ruben Alvarez Jr., when we come forward on KBLA Talk 15. Interrogating your assumptions and expanding your inventory of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Ruben Navarrete Jr., do you think, before I get back to your list, uh, the question I posed moments ago, do you think that this settlement of $787 million uh, that Fox uh, arrived with uh, Dominion on, um, do you think it matters to their fortunes? You made the point earlier how fast they're going to make this back, uh, the money that is. Do you think it matters ultimately to their fortunes, and do you think it matters at all to their followers? Uh, it does not matter to their fortunes. They're going to make this back, as I said earlier, in a hurry. Uh, and uh, they could have sustained much more damage the longer this gone out. Some people talked about this being you know, appealed all the way to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. There's no way the Fox had the stomach for that. No way they were going to bleed out lots and lots of money along the way. So this was a good resolution for them. They're not going to feel a hit financially. They're also not going to hit a, feel a hit with their loyal viewership mm-hmm. because their viewers are in a silo. They're in a bubble. They only consume that channel. And for starters, if, if that channel doesn't report it, and last night I understood that they gave it all of about six minutes coverage, mm-hmm. the story on Fox News itself, then people are not going to hear it. And even if they did hear it, think about what I just said about NPR. I caught NPR in a lie. Mm -hmm. I catch NPR in lies all the time. And every day I still listen to NPR. (laughs) 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 We know that CNN lied about Nick Sandman portraying him as a little white racist who was harassing this Native American in front of the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. We know that they lied because they paid him out. Mm -hmm. Okay, I still watch CNN. Yeah. So, so, so let me come right to that then. So at at the end of the day, what does it mean then? This is the industry that you are in and I'm a part of. We've been at it for a better part of three decades now, having met when we were were, you and I were kids. We met and started working on radio together here in L.A. Right. Here we are 30 years later, basically still friends. Imagine that. Uh, (laughs) And. And 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 talking uh, about the same things we were talking about three decades ago, and that is uh, this notion that these networks, the mainstream media, doesn't always get it right. Uh, to be kind, to be generous, to be charitable. So so yeah. what so what does it mean in this moment that a major news network uh, agrees to a settlement that essentially acknowledges that we lied? This 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 is called a spade a spade. That's what this settlement is all about. It is to avoid a trial. But the settlement itself underscores um, repeatedly the fact that Fox News lied. Let's just say it that way. They lied. And the settlement acknowledges that. What does it mean in this moment in America when a major news network just confesses we got caught lying? Does that mean nothing? I think it means, as I said, nothing. We said, said nothing financially, nothing in terms of their viewership. Nothing in terms of their credibility, because the people who believe them already believe them and still believe them. And those who don't think Fox News has any credibility, well, we'd already reached that conclusion some time back, right? Mm-hmm. 
and that includes me. Uh, but the difference here is I, I also think CNN lacks credibility. That's where I'm at, right? Ruben in the center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think your your point is is well taken in terms of what the moment means. Yeah. And the moment means that uh, buyer beware. Mm. I think it means this. I think that African Americans and Latinos and all Americans out there should consume media from across the board. Mm-hmm. They should consume. They should watch Fox News and be very critical of what they're taking in. Be able to call out the lies as they're hearing them in real time. Know what the, the quote, enemy is thinking, the adversary is thinking. Mm-hmm. But also watch CNN and do the same thing there. Don't just accept at face value that there's good networks and bad ones and, you know, they're on our side and they're not on our side. Mm-hmm. Nobody's on your side, okay? Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the terrible thing about this, you and I have this wonderful relationship and friendship that has endured these three decades, but you and I have been through the ringer with regard to our profession. Uh, we could write many books just about that. They demanded it. Yeah. My relationship to journalism, your relationship to journalism and to media. Uh, and, and to some degree, we know what they're putting on the plate because we've been in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. We know how the sausage is made. And there's a lot of ugliness uh, that we've seen and been privy to. And, and we have a right to be cynical. Uh, and that's what people need to do. They need to be much more critical of what they take in and ask questions. Yeah. To your point about NPR, I want to come back to that because, again, I, I full disclosure, I once worked at NPR, of course, as a host uh, for a number of years. You've been a contributor at NPR. And I don't want to just bag on NPR. I take your broader point. And, and this is not a softball. I'm, I'm, I'm raising this specifically because you raised it, number one. But number two, because I think there's something there. Um, and, and it's simply this, that in the most multicultural, multiracial, multiracial, multiethnic America ever, it seems to me, to your point, that people of color need to be reading a variety of sources of information. You do, you do not want to be, in this moment, a one-source individual. You have to read a variety of right. sources right. of information. I do it every day. You do it every day. Anybody who wants to be well-versed and well-rounded has to be reading and paying attention to a variety of news sources and, 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 and playing them against each other to, to try to ascertain as best you can what the truth really is. The truth cannot be what you determined it to be. There is a truth uh, on many of these facts. Uh, and so I, I, I want uh, those who are listening right now to recognize what I do and what you do. Never mind the fact that you and I still have our difference of opinions. We, we read a variety of sources. Uh, but something is wrong when a network like NPR, which, is, which has been voted or, or, or you know, you see a, these, these opinion polls every year that says that NPR is the most trusted news source in the nation. And they can spin a story like the one you just laid out uh, about what Biden did vis-a-vis Haitian immigrants. Um, so it suggests to me that black bra- that black voices and brown voices and brown-owned media and black-owned media are more necessary and relevant now than ever before. Why do I raise that? Because there are folk, in fact, when this station came online, I mean, we, we played a promo right. here that ran for a while. Right. We played a promo here that ran for a while from uh, of voices at KFI, the other station, the number one talk station in the city. I ain't afraid to say right. their names. Everybody knows KFI. There were right. voices on KFI um, who were in a conversation about KBLA Talk 1580. And we played, we, we pulled some of that, that audio and turned it into a promo, Ruben, and 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 the, the the clip that we pulled basically underscored the fact that they were saying that they weren't sure the station was going to make it. They weren't sure KBLA Talk 1580 was going to survive because it was so niche. 
Uh, they're just right. playing to black people. They're just playing to progressives. Right. <laughs> and, and, and they were debating on their station you know, in drive time right. whether or not they thought that we right. could make it as a station. I mean, the jury is still right. out. We're not, even, we're not even two years old yet. We will see how long KBLA Talk 1580 survives. But I'm betting on black. I'm betting on Tavis. I'm betting on my team. <laughs> and, and I got Jesus on my side. So I, I hope this is all going to work out for us. But the, fact right. that they, but, but the fact that they could be having a conversation on this right. other station about whether or not we were going to survive because we were too niche at a moment when we need black and brown voices just struck me as interesting. Your take on that. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> you likewise, you likewise have given me a lot to think about there. Let me, let me respond to it as a, as an insider. Right. Uh, I've got a story of my own. Uh, let me just jump in on that. I'll, sure. start, I'll jump with my story. 22 years ago, I launched my syndicated column with the Washington post 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I signed the paperwork in Washington, they said, is there anything we can do for you? And I said, yeah, I'd love to meet George Will. Because I've admired his work for a long time. I don't agree with him all the time, but he's incredibly sharp and a great writer. I'd love to meet him. The great syndicated columnist of the Washington Post. And they made a call. They arranged it. I got a call from Will's office. He said, Mr. Will would love to take you to lunch uh, in Georgetown. So I meet him in Georgetown for lunch. And I'm not talking out of school to say I had a wonderful time at the lunch. Very bright guy. I enjoyed meeting him. Uh, but he asked me at the offset, day one of the column, you know, basically the, a similar thing to what you heard on KFI. Uh, do you think that I would think, I think he favored it this way. I would think it would be a challenge to write for a constituency. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what he was saying was, I'm Mexican. Yeah. And I'm not Mexican-American. <laughs> I'm going to be writing a column for other Mexican-Americans, right? Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, you do not get into the Washington Post for 22 years. That's right. Playing Major League Baseball. If you're only speaking to Mexicans, that's right. So that's the first thing. Okay. So I, I don't have anything left to prove to anybody, including George. But having said that, I, I played that in my head for a long, long time because guess who also has a constituency? George will <laughs> See, George will always had a constituency and was conservatives and white male conservatives at that during Donald Trump's era, that constituency left, constituency left George because George, to his credit, was a big time anti never Trumper. Mm hmm. And those conservative white males left him. And they consider him now kind of a fake Republican. He has no constituency anymore. But that was the irony, because do you think the KFI doesn't have a constituency? Mm-hmm. KFI has a constituency. If you're an angry white male and you think you would have been president of the United States and won the Nobel Peace Prize if some black kid hadn't taken your spot at Yale, <laughs> then you need to turn into John and Ken mm-hmm. in the afternoon, because there you have two mediocre brothers a very low talent and low IQ who's somehow been successful. Is this a great country or what? Mm-hmm. So there is a constituency there for everybody, and that's where I think I get off the bus because they're quick to point the finger at you and me or somehow being niche, and we're, we're talking to a small little group of people, but they likewise are talking to a small group of people. The only difference is the people they're talking to are angry white folks, and the people we're talking to may be a little different. Yeah, no, that was uh, I, I didn't know that story. As long as I've known you, I hadn't heard the George Will story. I, I know George well. Uh, he and I have sat next to each other for many years uh, on yeah. uh, on ABC on the Sunday morning program uh, this yeah. week, this week on ABC. So I know, yeah, I know George quite well. Uh, and I yeah. didn't know I didn't know that story, but it, it underscores exactly what I was getting at, which is that our voices need to be heard today. And that's not a slap on the back. It's not a shout out to KBLA. I'm just saying. Uh, when you hear stories like Rubino at NPR, and I see these things all the time. Uh, as a matter of fact, when, right. I, when I read mainstream papers, I'm always, I, I, and I've taught classes about this, 
I try to teach people how to read for what they're not seeing on the page. <laughs> you, you, you shouldn't just be reading. You should be interrogating what you're reading as you're reading it. What did they leave out of the story? Why did that sentence stop right there? What did they not explain? Uh, so there are all kinds of questions one has to ask. I teach students all the time. As you're reading an article, you want to interrogate it. You want to upend it even as you're processing your way through it uh, for what's not there. And oftentimes um, you will see. Uh, the stuff that, that they left out, the stuff they didn't want to address. And again, to your story about NPR, just completely spinning that Joe Biden-Haiti thing uh, is, is fascinating to me. Uh, I'm looking at my clock here. i got news, traffic, and sports in about two minutes, and uh, we'll continue on the other side, of course. Let me come back to this Fox uh, Dominion issue, then we'll move on to some other stuff uh, when we come forward. Um, but to your point uh, that you would have loved to have seen this uh, at trial, everybody pretty much has said the same thing, uh, of course, right. except Fox News. Everybody wanted to see Tucker Carlson <laughs> on the stand. They wanted to see Tucker on the hot seat. They wanted to see Murdoch on the hot seat. Um, uh, that, that obviously is, is, is not going to happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, my view is uh, that Fox will continue uh, doing what they do. Uh, their ratings, I agree with you, are going to you know stay uh, stay steady. Um, and I, 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 don't, I don't know what the other networks can do about that. I mean, it, clearly it's, it's, a, it's a tight competition, Ruben, but I don't know what CNN, MSNBC, or others can do about that hit that Fox News is taking today. Oh, you know, you're, I'm going to answer this question by way of dovetailing into something I wanted to say earlier that sure. fit. Uh, and that is, um, you know, I've walked those halls at Fox News. I've been up to the 10th floor. I've walked. Mm-hmm. I've met with people there. I've met with Bill Shine. I've met with Suzanne Smith. I've met with other people. Uh, I have been on Fox News before uh, as a guest. I, I've walked the halls of KFI. I've hosted shows uh, for its sister network at KFI. Uh, and so I, I, I know that there's a lot of good folks in those buildings. Mm-hmm. But the overall, you know, aura of the place, I think, uh, changes you. And it leads you to cut some corners journalistically. Yeah. And here's one example. I remember walking the halls at Fox News with somebody who used to work at CNN, I won't say who, mm-hmm. and we were talking to somebody else who used to work at CNN, and we were in somebody's office, and the guy I was with was being looked at for a position at Fox News, and he says to the other guy, How's, how, how are things here? And he goes, I like it here. He looks at him in a knowing way, and he says, people tend to do what they say they're going to do. And what he meant there in a knowing way, I know it was clear, was it's not like that other place. Mm-hmm. And so... Here's the thing. It gets back to, again, being in the kitchen and seeing how things are made. It's not just a question, Tavis, of NPR and CNN and NBC and these various media companies making billions of dollars, being untruthful in what they put on the air. Oftentimes, they are not the most truthful people in the way they deal with their employees. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is coming from somebody who has been fired 35 years in, in media and journalism. I've been fired 15 times. Hold that thought. Let me let me do let me do news traffic and sports. Um, I want to let you finish your point in that regard, uh, and move to some other topics that are that are newsworthy as well. We're talking to our regular contributor Ruben Navarrete Jr. on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. At KBLA Talk fifteen eighty, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe. You're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive, and we don't black down. I'm Tavis Smiley. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. We don't black down. We're glad to have you with us in this first hour. Today, our phone number, 1-800-920-1580. Our guest in this hour is our regular contributor, Ruben Navarrete Jr., the most widely read Latino columnist in the nation, courtesy of his Washington Post syndicate column and host of the very popular podcast, Ruben in the Center. Ruben, you were finishing a point uh, about a story you were telling about being at Fox News. When they finish your story, we'll move forward from there, my friend. Yeah, very quickly. So I was just going to say that, you know, in 35 years of doing journalism and media, 
in this uh, you know blender <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, crazy business that I'm in. I've been let go, shown the door, laid off, fired 15 times. People ask you, what have you done? What were you doing when you got fired? And I said, I was doing journalism. You know, uh, I was writing and saying things in many cases that were uh, that were uncomfortable for my bosses. Uh, and not to get into it, the important thing is that I was not treated fairly. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see me outside talking about it. I'm not going to play the victim. I'm not going to see me out with a protest sign. But my wife is of the opinion that if she sees a story about a politician, Democrat or Republican, cheating on his wife, it's very possible that he's not being honest and truthful, truthful with voters either. The same thing holds here. If you want to know how these media companies like Fox News, CNN, NPR, whatever, take your pick, my employer, The Washington Post, if you want to see how they're treating their constituencies, so to speak, their customers, think about how they treat their employees. Mm -hmm. And if they are treating their employees fairly and honestly and above board, then that's something, a product you should consume. But if they aren't, you ought to be careful. Yeah. Um, I should mention, as, as we buttonhole this Fox News Dominion lawsuit uh, settlement uh, that we've been discussing for the better part of this hour, uh, I should, uh, should, should mention, as you well know, uh, that this uh, defamation, uh, these defamation lawsuits against Fox News are far from over. So they settled this one with Dominion, as you all know, yesterday, as the trial was uh, beginning, for $787 million. Um, but there's another defamation lawsuit they faced from uh, Smartmatic, uh, another one of these companies um, that has sued them uh, for sort of denigrating them in the election as they kept advancing this notion that the election had been stolen from Donald Trump. Dominion wasn't going to take it. They get uh, a bunch of cash yesterday. Uh, and Smartmatic uh, has said they're not going to take it. So their lawsuit uh, is still alive. And they have filed a lawsuit for $2.7 billion uh, against Fox News. So I suspect uh, that Smartmatic uh, is feeling a little better today, Ruben, <laughs> when they see yeah. when they see what what Fox News gave to Dominion. Uh, somebody at Smartmatic today is probably having a good day. What, what's your take on that? So two things. It's good news for Smartmatic because they can basically take the admission to some degree. If there is an admission mm-hmm. uh, and, and say, hey, look, there's this payment. There's an implied admission. They were guilty of this against Dominion. It's not a stretch to say they were guilty of this same sort of uh, untruthfulness about us. Yeah. So it's a good day for Smartmatic. Bad yeah. news, bad news. Everything that came out in disclosure, unless I've missed it, you know, in Discovery and all the various, they talked about on Fox News. They talked about Dominion a lot more than they did Smartmatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you will hear that. You will yeah. hear that that Dominion had a much stronger case because for some reason Dominion became for Lou Dobbs and others a whipping boy. Yeah. Right. Kept using Dominion, Dominion over and over again. I don't remember hearing much about Smartmatic. Well, so you got, you got, you got, you got to believe though. I, I'm, I'm no lawyer, uh, but I've, uh, I've had enough uh, <laughs> legal, legal right. brouhaha in my life to understand how this works. Um, I will tell <laughs> right. you this. I will tell you this uh, that uh, the, the odds are pretty good for Smartmatic because, uh, yeah. beyond what you've just said about what came out in discovery and the settlement being a sort of tacit, if not implicit, admission that they did something wrong. Um, the, 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 the real thing here is that if, if, if Fox news did not want to go to trial and have all their business come out in a case with dominion, right. they don't want that either with smartmatic. 
Uh, and That's so true. you, you have true. you have to believe that the number for Smartmatic will be significantly smaller than this 787 uh, million that they gave to Dominion. Uh, but I suspect that Smartmatic is going to have a good day uh, somewhere down the road uh, getting no some question. getting some cash from Fox News. And again, whether that yep. impacts the integrity, the credibility of Fox News, I just don't know. And again, we out of, we're out of time on that. I want to move on. But it, it suggests to me that if you can settle with Dominion and potentially down the road settle with Smartmatic, in both cases, essentially tacitly, if not explicitly acknowledging that you lied and there is still no hit on your integrity. <laughs> There is still no hit on your credibility. Right. To my mind, that means one of two things. You ain't got no integrity or you ain't got no credibility to begin with. Uh, even though you have an audience, you don't have any integrity or credibility or it just doesn't matter. And our country, our democracy is in deep, deep, you know what, uh, if, 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 if you can take a hit like that, not once but twice, right. and it still not impact your earnings, it still not impact well, your, your, your audience. Yeah. And, yeah, we, and we didn't discuss this, but let me just do this right quick. I thought I was going to move on and I want to. But one quick question. Sure. We, we've only talked about this from the standpoint of Fox's viewers. We've not said anything about Fox's advertisers. Here's my question. We could have a, we could spend this we could spend hours talking about this. It just occurs to me now. Do adverti- right. do advertisers have any responsibility when they're trying to sell their product to everyday consumers who are watching a network like Fox News? Do they have any responsibility to be concerned about placing ads on a network that has not once but you know twice potentially uh, acknowledge again tacitly, if not explicitly, that they lie in their news coverage. What about the advertiser in this process? Because yeah. that's 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 where the rub is always, anyway, right? The advertisers don't care. It's yeah. sad but true. The numbers are staggering. You you are not only the host of this radio show. You're you're an owner of this radio station. You you ha- you get off the air and you go back to being an owner, right? Mm-hmm. You go have these calls. The the fact that they make a billion dollars a month at Fox News. That ain't easy. And the reason they do that is because their numbers are so high, their ratings are so dominant. You know, they, they squash CNN. They squash MSNBC. That's all the advertisers care about. They care about selling stuff. It's sad but true. It's, yeah. it's not like any of the advertisers are going to all of a sudden have a come-to-Jesus moment where they say, oh, my goodness, I can't have my product associated with these liars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. He said, no, no, no. <laughs> They're not coming to that conclusion uh, now or ever. I, I, I digress on that point. I love that. That's the line of the day. No, no, no. Uh, I love <laughs> no, it. No, no. Let me, since we're talking about Fox News, let me talk about some other conservatives, uh, namely uh, a guy named Clarence Thomas. Uh, I don't need to color this much, a part of the pun, I don't need to color this much more for you uh, or, or for that matter, our audience. We've all been talking about this on the station. We've been talking about it on this program Uh, so the audience knows already the drama that Clarence Thomas is facing uh, taking these uh, lavish gifts and these trips uh, from his billionaire uh, GOP uh, friend conservative friend Harlan Crow the audience knows the backstory I want to ask you while I got you what's your take on the Clarence Thomas drama of late number one and number two do you think this is the moment where Clarence Thomas will finally be held accountable will Democrats have the spine to call him in front of a hearing to address these issues well, you and I were first uh, hosting radio show in the early uh, radio shows in the early 1990s. Clarence mm-hmm. Thomas had been on the court only about four or five years. Yep. But he was already a, a constant con- uh, you know, topic of conversation for us. I think a few things. I think despite the fact that you and I would disagree with lots of Clarence Thomas's uh, rulings, you and I both should, should, so, should show some affinity for Clarence Thomas as an individual. And here's why. You know, I, I go back to his confirmation hearing and the fact that he took the offensive and said, you know, this is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks. Mm-hmm. 
in 30 years of doing this, I have come to understand what he meant. Because after all these years, I too have scars to show uh, for times where I have uh, straight off the hacienda and said things that were offensive and disappointing to the white liberals who run the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think you and I can both agree that we have both experienced what that's like. Uh, and uh, we've said often, people who are white liberals, they want to give people like you, me, and Clarence Thomas every right under the sun except the right to think for ourselves. Mm. And so on that level, I identify with him, and I am sympathetic to him. That's where it stops, though, mm. because in this particular case, I'm not troubled by his friendship with Harlan Crow, the billionaire developer from Dallas. I'm troubled by where that friendship leads. Mm-hmm. If there's a pro quo, I'll do for you, so you do for me, that's a problem. That's an ethical violation. And as this story continues to unfold, you think about it, every day another piece of string comes off, right? The, the journalists keep pulling on string. Every single story that comes out is worse than the one before. Mm-hmm. So this started off about friendship and can a friend take you on a trip and pay for the trip. We are a long way from that now. We are now at a place where Harlan Crow owns the property where Clarence Thomas's mother lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now he's got his hooks into the justice in a much different way than before. So just give it time. This story will get worse. Uh, that's where I think my affinity with Clarence Thomas uh, stops. Yeah. But at the very beginning of it all, you and I should be able to identify with anybody who gets pushed around uh, or they try to push us around because we don't think the way they want to. Um, in, in 60 seconds here, um, I think you're probably right. The story gets worse, but my question on Clarence Thomas is the same as the question I asked about Fox News. In the end, will anything happen to Clarence Thomas? Yeah. I'm not sure Fox is going to you know, really pay a, a real price for this, no. as we've already established. And ultimately, does anything happen to Clarence Thomas? This this story goes back to 2004. The LA Times wrote a story in 2004 about him taking yeah. these gifts and not reporting them. So does anything ultimately happen to Clarence Thomas, yes or no? Well, there's only two outcomes, right? He has to resign or be impeached for anything to happen. Mm-hmm. He's not going to resign. He has alligator skin. He's already proven that. Mm-hmm. He's not going to resign. Uh, he has no shame any more than someone like Bill Clinton, a Democrat, has no shame. I mean, these people do awful things, and they show up in the morning with a smile on their face. And the, likewise, with regard to impeachment, this is a very high bar. I don't think that you're going to get to that level of impeaching a Supreme Court justice, and more because of what it would mean and the precedent it would set, uh, and all of a sudden uh, Republicans would be targeting uh, Democratic um, justices, I, I don't think this this goes very far. Nope, I think, I, I hate to say it, and I haven't said it publicly, but I will say it now, I think you're right. I think Clarence Thomas will skate once again, just like Fox News will skate once again. And what that means for uh, our democracy, I do not know, but I, uh, I don't see the Democrats um, you know, having the kind of spine it would take. Uh, to force uh, an impeachment vote on uh, on Clarence Thomas. I don't see it. We'll continue with Ruben Alvarez Jr. when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Right now. Right now. Right now. So, Ruben, I want to, uh, while I have you, uh, get your take on a few other things that I've seen you comment on, write about of late, uh, uh, and uh, let the audience hear your views on these things and see if you and I will argue and fight about <laughs> about a couple other things. Uh, <laughs> since, since we've not had a fight today, uh, we both agree for the most part on this Fox News situation. Um, I, right. I, your thoughts quickly on the possibility of reparations here in California. Um, the whole nation is watching California as we advance uh, faster than everybody else on what could be uh, a, a major reparations uh, bill uh, um, being passed in this state not too far down the road as the committee wraps up. Uh, it's public hearings. Uh, but your take on it sort of fascinated me. Uh, as, as I read it, uh, you were basically advancing the notion 
that the possibility of reparations in California gives um, conservatives uh, a valuable opportunity, as you see it, to highlight how liberal California is not when it comes to things like race. Unpack that for me right quick. Right. So I was on a radio show with a conservative radio host in Denver, uh, who I appear on a show often. And he, coming from Colorado, was saying, this is just crazy that California is doing this. From the point of view of a white male Republican, there goes crazy California again. And I said, you know, you're really missing the boat on this. You should be glad that this is happening in California. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, conservatives are always complaining about how the fact that they get painted as racist by white liberals. And that nobody ever calls white liberals out as racist. Well, except for Ruben Navarrete, right? <laughs> and you see where it's gotten him, right? So, and I said this to him, and I thought about it after the conversation. I wrote this, getting ready to write this column. Because the members of the committee, the reparations committee, to their credit, when they have been forced to explain why they're asking for such extravagant things and some of the stuff they're asking for in, in San Francisco, for instance, and their separate committee, it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. Nobody is going to go along with the idea of paying people $5 million per eligible applicant or giving you $90,000 a year for 20 years or letting you buy a house in San Francisco for a dollar. Okay? So this is crazy town. Let's just say that. This is not to say people may not do, be do some reparations, but they overreach in San Francisco. But that's not the point. The craziness is not the point, because to their credit, the members of the San Francisco Commission have had to document exactly where black people have been mistreated in the state of California for the last 150 years. And they have the receipts. And I love it. When you were growing up in Indiana and I was growing up in California, I was taught California history in California public schools. Mm-hmm. And guess what I was taught? I was taught a bunch of crap <laughs> because, because they painted a picture that all the racist white folks lived in Alabama. And there were no racist white folks in California in 1850. Mm. And they never told me about the fact that black people were barred from the gold rush in 1850, that black people had, um, a, a, had to contend with, get this, brother, get this. We all know about the fugitive slave law. Mm-hmm. It gave birth to modern-day policing, and it said on a national level, Congress, to its shame, passed the law, said that if a freed slave left you know, and escaped to freedom, he'd have to be returned mm-hmm. as property. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know until last month <laughs> that there was a California version of that. There's a California fugitive slave law that was passed about the same time that said in California, if you had a runaway slave, you had to return them. So I don't get it. I don't see how because we're a blue state and we vote for Democrats and all the Republicans are the racists, we show up wearing white. Have you heard? All the white liberals in California, they love black people. <laughs> they have never sinned against black people because those are the folks from Alabama. But, my, but I, I, t- I take your point, and it's a great history lesson, uh, watching my clock here. It's a great history lesson. Uh, and you've said some things now in this conversation I suspect others did not know. Uh, and yet, at the end of the day, this is the opportunity for California to get it right. It's no different for me than the Bruce's Beach uh, saga. Here's your opportunity to get it right. All that history that you did not get taught uh, growing up here in California, uh, notwithstanding, here is the opportunity for California to finally get it right and to show the nation how this issue ought to be handled. We could debate all day long about whether or not $5 million per person in San Francisco is the right way to do it. I hear your point, and I suspect even if I disagree with you on that, I know that others will see it the way you see it. That's not a winning fight. I'm, I'm the first to say that. On the other hand, it's a chance for the state to get it right. What that means, I'm not exactly sure. I digress for the moment. Our final moments with Ruben Navarrete Jr. when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. 80.
Ruben, I confess this is not a fair question to ask you. With two and a half minutes left, let me give you a chance to sound off on this. Uh, we are unapologetically right. progressive, unapologetically progressive here on KBLA Talk 1580, and I believe that means uh, telling the truth. I believe that means sometimes you got to fight with your friends, but ultimately you got to tell the truth. Um, I was struck by this ugly New York Times story suggesting that the Biden administration ignored findings right. that migrant kids were being trafficked into the U.S. for free labor. That ain't the face they've put forward. How did you read that story in the New York Times? It's been very much underreported, again, because it wasn't the, the Trump administration that did this. The Biden administration, uh, through its various arms, including the Department of Health and Human Services, uh, ignored reports that migrant kids were being trafficked into the U.S. to uh, perform these cheap labor jobs, these free labor jobs. And uh, it, it goes again to what I've always said. Those folks out there who say that it, that black, brown, black folks and brown folks are being... Uh, abused and exploited and ignored and neglected by the Republican Party. That's awesome. That's true. I'm not going to argue that, but that's only half right. They're also being all those things treated, mistreated by the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. And that is what I say every time I come on your show. It, it's frustrating because, and not just your show, but also just in general, it's frustrating to listen to the media where we always sort of get outraged, as well we should, when a conservative administration does something like this. But when a liberal Democrat administration turns a blind eye to this yeah. and they get caught doing it, Nobody wants to talk about it. I've been trying for 30 years, y'all, to pull Ruben over to my side of the progressive ledger. <laughs> I've been trying for 30 years, three decades to well, make him. Like this won't do it. I was going to say, I, that's my, you stole my line. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my line. I've been trying to make Ruben a progressive for 30 years. I have not had much success on certain issues. He's better. Uh, but when, when I see stories like this, that the Biden administration ignores, you know, data that right. migrant kids are being trafficked into our country. It's not helping you. It, it is I not know. helping my case. Uh, on that note, I will pause for today. I will talk to you again soon. I love you. Appreciate you. All the best to you, my friend. Love you, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Hour two of Tavis Smiley. Uh, after news, traffic, and sports, you are listening, and we are glad about it, to KBLA Talk 1580.